This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I'm Sam Knight. We are in the Citizen Capital Studios in Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. City here reeling a bit after last night when the ghost of Barbara Bush failed their sweet capitals. Still have a 10-3 and record since uh, she bit the dust, but you got to hand it to Tampa Bay. They, uh, they really played better against five men and a ghost. Yeah. We're going to jump right into the newscast here in just a minute. But first, we've got some haikus to read. Remember, five bucks a month over at our Patreon, patreon.com slash district sentinel, gets you your own haiku. It also gets you access to bonus content like the once a week Sentinel cast. This week, we interviewed the co-chairs of Pittsburgh DSA, Ariel Cohen and Adam Shuck, about the big socialist victories in Pennsylvania on Tuesday. So... If you want to catch that, you're going to have to sign up on Patreon. And again, you get your own poem, which we're about to read on the show right now. This one is for Jason. Look under the mask. By mask, I mean human face. See a reptile face. Thank you, Jason. This is for Stuart. Ketchup or mustard, the giant debate rages. Ketchup is bullshit. Thank you, Stuart. And I couldn't agree more with my fellow Sam. Ketchup is the worst condiment. This one is for Joseph. Rain, rain, go away. Come back another day when we're not recording. Thank you, Joseph. And with that, it looks like the rain has indeed gone away. Finally, this is for Matthew. Actually, rain's good. Don't deprive plants of their food. Plus, that garbage song. Thank you, Matthew. Not referring to garbage as in trash, but garbage, the alt-rock band. I don't know if they're still around, but they were around in the 90s. Yes. Uh, Shirley Manson recently died, didn't she? No, I think you're thinking of you're the, right, Cranberries of the Cranberries singer, lead singer. Who's, uh, Someone check on Shirley Manson's uh, status. Make sure she's still doing okay. Thanks again to our new patrons. That's patreon.com slash district sentinel. It's Wednesday, May 16th, 2018. Here's the news. <laughs> Another step forward for the Gina Haspel nomination. The Senate Intelligence Committee approved Haspel's bid to head the CIA in a secret 10 to 5 vote. Though it's not really secret how each senator voted, Mark Warner and Joe Manchin already said they were going to support Haspel, so they were likely the two Dems who joined with the eight Republicans on the committee to pass the nomination. One of the senators who opposed the nomination was Ron Wyden who is not happy after the proceedings. Let me read a portion of a statement he released. Quote, Gina Haspel and the CIA have committed one of the most blatant abuses of power in recent history, aided and abetted by a total failure of congressional oversight. Haspel, you might remember, was not only the nominee, but she was also in charge of determining which info about her record 
at the CIA would be released to senators and to the public for vetting. And Wyden went on to say that his concerns about Haspel are, quote, wide-ranging and are based on still-classified matters that are far broader than what has been reported in the press. He went on saying, quote, they are not just historical, but involve what kind of leader she is and will be going forward if she is confirmed. Hmm, well, now I'm curious. Wyden could, of course, just tell us what he knows. There is the speech and debate clause, after all, which allows senators to divulge classified information on the floor and say pretty much anything on the floor without uh, having charges brought against them. But as usual, Wyden only teases. Getting kind of sick of this shit. I know there's an interesting debate to be had about whether or not Wyden's seat on the Intelligence Committee, him just having a place there, is worth him keeping his mouth shut on things that he should divulge, like whatever is troubling him about Gina Haspel or whatever he thought we should know during the intelligence debate a few years ago, the spying debate. Not sure what good, what good, <laughs> maybe, I mean, he's a reliable vote for, for civil liberties, but it's not like anything's being stopped in that committee. I mean, he has tricked, uh, well, at least got James Clapper to lie. He previewed some of the Snowden revelations a few years before they came out, but like, I'm just wondering, what does the threshold have to be for Ron Wyden to finally be like, fuck it, I'm going right to the floor with this? Right, well, it's obviously not reauthorizing an unconstitutional surveillance program, and it's not confirming uh, unabashed torturer to lead the CIA, because he's allowing those things to happen right now. And I'm guessing this might have something to do with Haspel's efforts to keep the torture program in place or to expand it, even as public opinion was turning against it uh, around 2005, 2006. So, but who knows? Wyden won't tell us. If I were living in Oregon, I might call Wyden up, uh, his office up, and be like, yo, come on, spill the beans. Go to the floor, spill the beans. Anyway, the full Senate will vote on Haspel sometime this week. She has the support of plenty of Democrats to make her confirmation pretty much assured. They include the already mentioned Joe Manchin and Mark Warner, plus Joe Donnelly, Heidi Heitkamp, and Bill Nelson. Today, the Senate Judiciary Committee held a hearing featuring Christopher Wiley, the researcher who blew the lid off the Facebook Cambridge Analytica scandal. Lawmakers had the opportunity to explore one of the more explosive claims made by the former Cambridge Analytica research director that the company has engaged in, quote, black ops with former Israeli and Russian spies. A lot of people are already familiar with some of the Russia allegations, naturally. There's been much reporting on Alexander Kogan, an academic with ties to Cambridge Analytica and the Russian government. He's at the heart of the Facebook data harvesting scandal. But recent reporting has shown allegations about Israeli activities could be far more serious. Now, here's some background. Last week, it was reported by The Observer that in May 2017, Trump officials ordered surveillance on two former Obama officials to dig up dirt on the Iran deal. According to The New Yorker, this campaign was conducted by Black Cube, a security company made up of former Israeli spies, and to add to the intrigue, Colin Cole, one of the two officials targeted, said he first learned about this from Observer and Guardian reporters who had been working on the Cambridge Analytica story. 
Well, today before the Senate, Wiley testified that there were no Cambridge Analytica Black Cube contracts, not at least when he was there in 2013 and 2014. But he alluded to proof that there are close connections between the two firms. Here he is under questioning from Sheldon Whitehouse. We're going to let this run a while. Notice an interesting reluctance here by both men to name the person involved. There's an individual who you describe as playing a pivotal role, to use your words, in the relationship between Cambridge Analytica and Black Cube. And you refer to the same uh, woman as playing a pivotal role in uh, the connection of the Leave EU and Nigeria projects in which AIQ was involved. Um, I don't know if I should bring her name into this hearing, but do you know who I'm referring to? Uh, I know the person that you're referring to, yes. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by pivotal role connecting Cambridge Analytica, Black Cube, the Nigeria Project, and Leave EU? Uh, the person that you're uh, referencing uh, joined uh, the company and played a, a substantial role in uh, setting up uh, the company's projects in Nigeria. Um, which, which involved Black Cube? Which involved the procurement of hacked material. Um, and in addition, this person was also uh, at the, for example, press launch of LeVU sitting on a panel with other uh, directors of LeVU. And Black Cube figured in that how? You said she was a pivotal role between the two? She, uh, as she... Uh, testified at Parliament, she uh, made introductions to a group of Israelis to, uh, to Cambridge Analytica. And they're the ones who work through the Black Cube Corporation or entity? Um, you, you'll, you'll have to ask uh, Cambridge Analytica and Black Cube that. Okay. Now, uh, some brief explanations. Wiley was referring to a uh, Nigeria thing. It came out after Wiley testified... When Wiley testified before the UK Parliament in March, he alleged that uh, Cambridge Analytica and Black Cube had been involved in a 2015 hacking scandal in the Nigerian presidential election in which uh, the uh, firm's client, Goodluck Jonathan, had used hacked emails from his opponent, President Buhari, to win that election. So that was, that was a pretty big scandal. And a lot of this came out first during that UK parliamentary testimony. Now, whoever this woman is who uh, Wiley and White House were referring to, she can maybe expect a knock on the door from the feds at some point or an email or phone call or summons or whatever. Yesterday, the New York Times reported that Cambridge Analytica is under FBI and Justice Department investigation, and the paper noted that Wiley is cooperating with the probe. Another thing that's important to note, Wiley said he first learned of the black ops from internal documents and from Alexander Nix. You might recognize that name. Nix is the former CEO who was caught on tape in March bragging of using dirty tricks to compromise the opponents of clients through bribes, sex workers, and former intelligence operatives. Another thing on this hearing worth noting, albeit of a more lighthearted manner, there was a witness who said he thinks the Cambridge Analytica story is overblown because advertising isn't that effective, and he was owned by a Republican, actually, Louisiana's John Neely Kennedy. Take a listen. If what you're saying is that people in America are not persuadable or persuaded by advertising, 
I think that's rubbish. I think some really smart people spent $200 billion, $206 billion last year on advertising. You, you're next. And I hear kids all the, all the time walking around saying, dilly, dilly. They didn't just dream that up, okay? Maybe they did. No, he's obviously referring to the uh, Bud Light campaign slogan. Notice uh, briefly the Diane Feinstein hot mic moment. <laughs> she has a lot of those. Mostly, though, she's saying stuff like, you're next and stuff, as she did there. One day she's going to really fuck up, maybe. Uh, maybe it was a, a threat. Maybe it was something more salacious, like a <laughs> Goldberg style, you're next. <laughs> anyway, one final thing before moving on. Uh, during this hearing, Utah Republican Mike Lee appeared to cast aspersions on Wiley's story. The senator insinuated that Wiley even uh, took or stole de data from Cambridge Analytica after he left the firm. And uh, Lee, too, was owned. Take a listen. After I left uh, Cambridge Analytica, um, you know, I continued working on independent projects. But to be clear, um, I, I didn't uh, use that data on any um, uh, commercial contract. But couldn't that data have proven useful in some of your work? It, it could have, but I didn't, I didn't go on and sell it. Right, but, uh, but you could have, and had you been successful with that, and had you gone on uh, and your business become successful, couldn't you have now been at the receiving end of some of the same questions now going to Cambridge Analytica? Yes, but it didn't happen. Understood. <laughs> so, Mr. Wiley, if you had uh, done all these bad things that you're describing, you might yourself be in trouble. Checkmate, you sick lib. That was uh, Mike Lee showing his libertarian worldview there, by the way. <laughs> like, everything should be bought and sold. Couldn't you have just done this and made a bunch of money? That would have been good. Responding to this week's massacre in Gaza, in which Israeli forces fired upon crowds of Palestinians protesting the opening of the new U.S. embassy in Jerusalem, also protesting the anniversary of the creation of Israel, also protesting the general conditions they're forced to live under. After all that, responding to that massacre, some Democratic senators are finally listening. Led by Bernie Sanders, 12 other senators signed on to a letter to Mike Pompeo urging him to do more to alleviate the humanitarian crisis in Gaza. Reading from the letter now, quote, the political and security challenges in Gaza are formidable, but support for the basic human rights of its people must not be conditioned on progress on those fronts. The letter goes on to say that the United States should restore its funding of the United Nations Relief and Works Agency for Palestine Refugees, that the U.S. should encourage the easing of restrictions on the movement of people, goods and equipment in and out of the territory, and the U.S. should support proposals to build Gaza's economy. Left out of the letter is a uh, crucial policy proposal they're overlooking, which is stop giving the Israeli military tons of fucking weapons. Yes. Currently, Gaza under Israeli military guard, thanks to a lot of weapons and money from the U.S., Gaza has limited electricity, water, medical care. Its citizens don't have free movement or civil rights. In addition to Sanders, the letter was signed by Senators Dianne Feinstein, Patrick Leahy, Thomas Carper, Sherrod Brown, Chris Van Hollen, Elizabeth Warren, Martin Heinrich, Jeff Merkley, Tom Udall, Sheldon Whitehouse, Jack Reed, and Edward Markey. Note that the top-ranking Democrat on foreign affairs, Ben Cardin, nowhere to be found there. No, he's kind of a piece of shit. He's a total piece of shit. <laughs> Finally, the net neutrality repeal has been repealed by the Senate. <laughs> A bill reversing the deregulatory move by Trump's FCC cleared the upper body today in a 52 to 47 vote. 
In the end, three Republicans joined every Democrat. They were Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, and our old pal, Senator Kennedy. The bill has zero shot of passing the House, and even if it did, it would have to have a veto-proof majority uh, in both houses to be signed into law by President Trump. The vote in the Senate was forced by Democrats under the Congressional Review Act, which is a little ironic. We've been talking on the show a lot about how the CRA is a favored tool of Republicans' deregulatory agenda throughout this Congress. Earlier this month, the FCC said that the net neutrality rollback is set to take effect on June 11th. In 2015, the Obama administration had strengthened the rules by regulating internet service providers as utilities instead of as information services. That is the newscast for Wednesday. Before we go, time to check out the old listener rant line. Hey, fellas. I was going to call and uh, give my two thoughts about Mario and Luigi, but... uh, (laughs) The whole move to the right joke was pretty much the end of the discussion. No one's going to top that. All right, bye. Of course, referring to a call yesterday in which a caller said that uh, Mario and Luigi are reactionary because you can only move to the right in the game. Yes, a good joke indeed. However, I don't think that that is going to end this Mario-Luigi debate. Uh, this is for Sam Knight One, who has a problem with Mario uh, supporting the monarchy. Let me just let me just give you a, a quick lesson in anti-imperialism. I will take the most simple and obvious example. In the Mushroom Kingdom, there now reigns a monarchist regime that every revolutionary can only view with hatred. But let's assume, however, that on the morrow, the Koopa Kingdom enters into a military conflict with the Mushroom Kingdom. I ask you. On whose side of the conflict will the working class be? I will answer for myself personally. In this case, I will be on the side of monarchist Mushroom Kingdom against democratic Koopa Kingdom. Why? Because in the conflict between them, it will not be a question of democracy or monarchism. If Bowser should be victorious, he will put another princeling in Peach's castle and will place double chains on the Mushroom Kingdom. If the Toads, on the contrary, should be victorious, it will give a mighty impulse to national and democratic consciousness of the country and will lead to the overthrow of the Peach regime. The defeat of Bowser will at the same time deliver a blow to Koopa imperialism and will give an impulse to the revolutionary movement of the Koopa proletariat. Truly, one must have an empty head to reduce world antagonism and military conflicts to the struggle between monarchism and democracy. Under all masks, one must know how to distinguish exploiters, slave owners, and robbers. So that's my lesson to you, Sam Knight. Sam Sachs, keep up the good anti-imperialist fight. I think I was just called a trot. (laughs) It sounds like that guy just... uh, It sounds like the caller just basically paraphrased a uh, Labour Party speech justifying why the UK should get involved in World War I in 1914. This is exactly why socialism failed in Europe. <laughs> hey guys, I'm here to weigh on the Mario-Luigi debate. Um, I've always thought that Luigi is kind of the Jeb Bush of the Mario franchise, and given that Mario is his brother, make whatever conclusions you will. I also say this because I am a Wario partisan when it comes to all Mario games. I'm also very curious about what Donkey Kong's role in this, because he was the original bad guy, and then he slowly became one of the good guys, or one of the people that fought on Mario's side. So I don't know where he stands. 
I'm sorry. I just have to correct something before we get an angry flood of calls from uh, our tanky fans, which is that's why socialism failed in Western Europe around the time of the First World War. <laughs> <laughs> sorry uh, to the to the last caller's question about Donkey Kong. Innocent. Innocent. I I haven't thought much more about it other than that though. Hi, Sans. Hi, Sans. This is Grove City Erica calling, friend to Brett and Brian from Street Fight Radio, and also Jorts and Marvin from Working Week. Just calling to give my advice, or I guess my opinion, on the uh, Mario-Luigi debate, because I'm not really a gamer, but they are uh, monarchy protectors, and I don't want to defend them. Also, shouts out to Dude Slayer for that awesome picture of Realm and Jimmy and Turing Police. Uh, we are the real vanguards of Twitter now since uh, Phil Greaves added himself as a fucking Nazi. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> Great call, Erica. Thanks so much. This is a call regarding the inferiority of Fritos as a snack. Now, I think what you consider is the dip factor. So other chips, not always so good in dip, you know, you got your guacamoles, your bean dip, your melted cheese. Uh, I would say chili could also qualify as a dip. Fritos definitely have the upper hand in that regard. Uh, thanks for your consideration. Interesting, uh, interesting angle. I hadn't actually thought of that. Yeah, I would say I would say dipability or the dip factor ranks. Uh, it, it's up there, but I think it ranks lower on how to judge a chip you know you got to judge a chip on its own merits yeah i don't know about you but when i'm going to the corner store i'm just thinking about grabbing a chip a bag of chips i can eat on the go i'm not trying to like put out an entire spread to uh to make the chip uh better all right one last call today hi sam hi sam hey harper you're a good girl i took a few games to say it but i just wanted to call in and say barbara bush you can eat a piss-filled dick, you dead-ass school, because the bolts are coming back. <laughs> the Caps are a fun team to watch, Sam, but I do not know how you do it. Every goddamn time Kuznetsov touches the puck, I think Doc Emmerich is saying the net's off, and it's driving me fucking insane. Well, hope you all have a good week and all things outside of hockey. Bye. Usually I'm uh, half-blocking out Doc Emmerich when I watch the uh, NBC feed, so I'm just sitting there as a nervous wreck, so that's how I deal with it. When's the next game? Tomorrow. All right. Folks, thanks for calling. Anyone else who wants to call the rant line, the number is 202-684-6108. Sponsors of the show include the Congressional Dish podcast hosted by Jen Briney. Find it at congressionaldish.com, anotherspontorlevelnews.org, and Citizen Capital. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Tune in by searching for District Sentinel Radio. Give us a review. Give us a rating. Tell your friends to listen. The newscast returns tomorrow. We're in D.C., so you don't have to be.